Welcome to the OTP, presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Farm Bureau Health Plans is health care coverage the way it should be, high quality, sensibly priced, and easy to apply for at FBHP.com. This is our Titans Radio broadcast crew, and this is Rail Garden in Memphis, Tennessee. Yes, sir. Yeah. Amy Wells, we got... Titans season ticket members, we got Titans fans, we got people who just like a party here in Memphis tonight as we are gearing up for the start of football season and as you love, we're taking the OTP on the road. I love it when we can take the OTP to the OT people. It really just brings me a lot of joy and I like all of those people. I like Titans season ticket members. I like Titans fans, and I like people who like to party. So this feels like a good place for us to be. This, it feels like we're in the right spot. We found our group, and we are just so excited to be hanging out with everybody tonight and talking Titans. And there are rumors, Rhett Brian, that you have already found barbecue in Memphis. Is that true? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if, listen, T-Rack, the 12-time Pro Bowl mascot of your Tennessee Titans and I, Went to rendezvous last night. What? Oh, yes. Had a little rib action last night. Nice. Oh, Half yeah. slab, full slab. Half slab. Half slab. Yep. He's no. cutting back. We don't have slab He here. used to be tougher back when he was younger. <laughs> That's true. It's true. A lot of people are saying that. Coach Dave McGinnis, they love you everywhere. They love you in Memphis. They're glad you're here. Let me tell you all something. This is a hell of a place to party. I like this. The way, the way that y'all started out this whole OTP broadcast, that's one of the better ones. That's going to sound really good when this is broadcast all over the world. This is an international broadcast, and so you guys will be on it. And this, we're so happy to be here. Uh, Kate and Mackenzie have put on a great show here. This, this was a fabulous setting. I mean, when we walked into here, I went, hell yeah, I'd like to stay here a little bit. I mean, this is good. And so we will. And so we will. And so we will. All right. So the OTP is in Memphis. We're at Rail Garden on Central. Beautiful facility. Very hospitable. Good food and drink. A party atmosphere. Getting ready for football. Uh, hats off to our community staff, our marketing staff for a job. Listen to what all has been done today. Okay. Amy Wells. The announcement of the partnership between the Titans and the Three Six Mafia, Memphis's own. Yeah. That's very exciting. That's is, good stuff. It is very exciting. They will be at the game on September 11th against the Giants to perform. They have done a very special open. Titans players are involved. Everybody is pumped to have these Memphis stalwarts now part of the Titans family. Oh, absolutely. It's been the buzz around the Titans facility for a while that there was a special partnership, but they didn't necessarily leak out all of the information. So when it was finally announced that it was 3-6 Mafia, this was a really big deal. So having them at the game, being able to kick off the regular season with that kind of star power, Get out of here. That's the coolest thing. 25 years ago, Rhett Bryan led the 2-7 Mafia for Eddie George. <laughs> <laughs> no, these guys are the OGs. They and are big listen, time. When Titan Social Media dropped that trailer today, and you saw clips of this video that feature Big Jeff, Jeffrey Simmons. Jeffrey Simmons. Derek Henry, Robert Woods, Kevin Byard. Uh, I'm ready to see the rest of that. Let's go. You're going to see it September 11th. At Nissan Stadium, 325 kick, Titans and the Giants special. Coach Mack, what about this? At the Mid-South Food Bank today, Titans employees joined 35 volunteers, some from the Grizzlies, from the Chamber of Commerce here in town, from a community group known as New Memphis, from Titans season ticket members. All those people helped to pack 5,000 pounds of food for the Mid-South Food Bank. Wow, that's, I mean, that is so, that is so solid, Mike. You know, Amy, Amy and I and her 
daughter Livy drove down here. Livy drove most of the way. Amy and I slept. <laughs> we uh, when we when we got when we were driving down here, we were saying, "How cool is this that we are going down to Memphis to do all of these events?" And that to me is just solid. That's good whether you're you've got football going on or not. That's just good stuff. Yeah, the Grizzlies are outstanding. As a matter of fact, when we finish this. A bunch of our staff is going over to join the Grizzlies for the Grizz Bash Great. as part of 901 Day. As everyone knows, I'm a big Grizzlies fan, so I think it's exciting that the two teams could partner in that way. Absolutely. Ja Rules. That's all I have to say. Ja yes, Rules. Is ja right. Rules. All right. And then, and, and Rhett, in, in wrestling terms, if somebody comes out in Cincinnati or Boston or Philadelphia and they say, one of those cities is my favorite town, and everybody goes crazy. What do you call that? A cheap pop. It's called a cheap pop. Well, here was our community and marketing staff's cheap pop today. They went to the University of Memphis, and they took 80 pizzas from Slim and Husky. Oh, there you go. Now, that, Dude, that so is the easiest. That's the biggest layup. <laughs> Speaking of the Grizzlies, that's the biggest layup there ever was. There You're you a go. college student, and somebody shows up with free pizza. What's going to happen? It's going to be it's, gone. It's and, gone. And another wrestling term. That's getting over. That's it's getting, getting over. <laughs> Donated to the University of Memphis students. Uh, really, really good stuff and, and had a big time getting to know them, sharing the love, and well played by our people, making Titans fans for life. If you give someone free pizza, they will love you forever. If you give a college kid free pizza? Especially Slim and Husky. Yeah, are you kidding me? That was genius. Genius. All right, then Rep Bryan was on the move. With 12-time Pro Bowl mascot T-Rack, on the Memphis campus is the University Campus School. It's K through 5, 300 students. And T-Rack and Rhett did their special school show for them today. Awesome, Rhett. It was, it's T-Rack's Fueled Up to Play 60 game show. And we had Do you hand out pizzas, faculty. too? We did not hand okay. out pizzas. But we had three faculty members. Uh, competed in the game show, and there were kids that came up and helped. Uh, it was just awesome. It was their first assembly of the school year, and if I'm not mistaken, the first assembly they've had since the pandemic. So they were off the chain. One of the best crowds we've had, 300-plus kids, and they blew the roof off the place. It was awesome. Rhett, we haven't done a school show in Memphis since Titan's Caravan a, a few years time. ago. It's been a long time. Yep. Uh, we've done so many of those over the years. How many do you and T-Rack do a year, would you guess? Uh, well, we're doing uh, about 10 more this fall, and here's the man By right the way, here. you can't see him on the OTP, but you can see him here at Rail Garden. Say hello to T-Rack! T-Rack! <laughs> you people listening will just have to trust us. But you know, the, the OT people do trust us. They, yeah, they do. do. Maybe they Blindly. should. Blindly. It's great. Maybe they should. Uh, it's phenomenal. All right, so then Josh Corey who Amy knows. Um, we met. We, they're, they're acquainted. Josh Corey from the community staff took the fourth and fifth graders out to the football field, taught them to play flag football, and then handed out Mem Pops, which are local popsicles. Oh, that's a great idea. And I had a Mem Pop, and, and it was the best popsicle I've ever had. No kidding. Strawberry lemonade was good. All right. So all of those things have been done today in Memphis, Tennessee for you, our Titans fans, our family, and the people of the 901. I also want to thank uh, our friends. Morgan Bohannon's here with some of his staff from News Talk 98.9, The Roar. News Talk 98.9, The Roar. They yes. carry Titans football. They sure do. And they want to have Amy Wells on every week in the more on the morning show i'm in i'll uh, wake up for that all right so thank you to them and uh, again thank you so much this is so much fun to be here thanks to our titans cheerleaders who are here tonight hello see this is a real thing this is a real thing there are real people here again if you're listening to the recording later you can't see this but trust us it's awesome but this <laughs> is why when the otp comes to your town ot people you don't want to miss it because we could be making all of this up how funny would it be if we really if were? If we're just making it up. We were but, just you and me in a room. Yeah, but the whole thing 
You won't know unless you attend when we bring the OTP to your town. And if there's one thing the Tennessee Titans know how to do exceptionally well, other than football, it's throw a party. Throw a party. And beat Jacksonville. And beat Jacksonville. We're oh, good at that, let's too. let's have more of that. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. All right, so let's... Uh, sorry, not sorry. Not sorry, You're not yes. sorry. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about some football things. Now, the first thing I've got here on my list, new numbers. We always like to tip the OT people off on new numbers. Lonnie Johnson, defensive back, he had 39 before. He is now 20. Better That's a number. Much handsome number. Much more handsome. Agreed. That's a good looking number. Did he wear that number somewhere else? I don't know, Coach. He yeah. wore 32 in Houston. Yeah, that's what I thought. He was 32 at Houston. Do you think 29 is better? 20 is better than 39? Yes. You were a defensive back? Yes, I was. 20 is good. What number did you wear at TCU? 27. 27? 27 is a good number. There it is. That's an attractive number, It's in the Hall of Fame. It's all over the stadium down there. Amy G. Carter. Is it really? Oh, yeah, of course, Amy. We're taking a trip. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course, We're taking a trip. All right, so Trey Avery, the undrafted corner from Rutgers who made the team, he had 23. He's now 30. Better or worse? Ooh, I'm a big fan of 23, though. Yeah, I'm going to say worse. And I usually like the even numbers. I and think with all they respect to Jason McCourty, who wore the 30 well. Yes. Yeah. No. 23 Blaine Bishop, right? Yes. Yep. That was, that was a downgrade. Number. Sorry, All right, buddy. and so our man, Nashvillian, Ugo Amadi, had 38, now has 32. Upgrade. M much That's better good. upgrade yep, for upgrade. Ugo. I like that. All right. So those three defensive backs have changed numbers. We pass that along. Racy McMath has gone on injured reserve. Because he was on the initial Titans roster, Racy McMath is eligible to return from IR in four games. You can have eight players return during the course of the year. The same player can return multiple times, but it has to total out at eight moves. Correct. So Racy McMath is out four games. The Titans bring back veteran Cody Hollister. Red, I don't think that's a surprise. That's who they chose for special teams reasons. Absolutely, and he knows the system. I mean, he's, he's played in games. He's played in big games for the Titans. The former Arkansas Razorback has been on this roster off and on for three or four years. So, no, not a surprise. Coach? No, that's a good move. And, and, and you knew that. Well, that was the reason, you know, first of all, they were, they were very glad that he cleared waivers to be able to put him on the practice squad. And if there's anything for the National Football League that even has an ounce of good thing to it about the COVID was the 16-man practice squad. That's a game changer. All right, Amy, let's talk a little bit about the Reggie Robertson and David Wells leaving the practice squad. Reggie Robertson, the rookie wide receiver from SMU, David Wells, the second-year tight end who is out of San Diego State. Initially, all 16 members of the Titans practice squad were people who had been with the Titans in training camp. We didn't think that had ever happened before. No, I didn't think that had ever happened before, but I wasn't surprised by it because of the way that we saw guys getting work towards the end of camp. You saw a lot of people who you thought, you know, there still might be something there. They seem to be getting a lot of reps. It seems like they're liking some of the things that they're doing. I bet they're going to find a place for them. And that practice squad, with it being expanded, gives them a lot more options and a lot more opportunities to be able to kind of get in the fold as the season goes on. So I wasn't surprised by that. What it told me is that a lot of these were the undrafted free agents that they took and assembled immediately after the draft in April and they liked what they saw then, those players did something on the practice field in preseason games for them to be able to transition to the practice squad. Does that make sense? Well, the other thing that's important, again, I mentioned that 16. That 16 number is big, and the fact that you can put them on and off several times without uh, exposing them to waivers makes a big, big difference. And the fact that you can have six veterans out of that 16. Yeah, that's a, that's a game changer, too. When they first you know, brought in the practice squad uh, under the CBA, it was five players. 
we could get five players and that was it. And you had to expose every one of them to waivers if you were, if you were gonna be able to take them off of there. So now this is a much better thing. It helps you manage your, your roster a lot easier. All right, so let's talk about who the Titans add in those two okay. practice squad spaces. Rhett, they go with Kevin Rader, who will wear 86, practice squad tight end, converted D lineman from Youngstown State in his time with the Penguins, 41 catches, 601 catches, four touchdowns. Came into the league as an undrafted free agent in 2018 with Green Bay, best known for playing for Pittsburgh, and caught two passes for eight yards in seven games with two starts for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So he is 27 years old, 6'4", 250. I think what this says is he's a blocker. But former D lineman, wasn't a huge pass catcher in college. Does that make sense to you? Yes, and, and, and looking at those numbers of his measurement-wise, yeah. I, I think that what it speaks to me, and, you know, they currently have three tight ends on the roster. And uh, knowing what they do and how they run the ball, this would make sense for something down the road. Well, I mean, you know, Jeff Swaim is really our edge blocker in the tight ends. Austin Hooper is a big guy that's going to be really, really good between the numbers. And then, and then Chig Akonkwo is going to be a guy that they're going to be able to move all over the place. This is another edge blocker, Mike. All right. The other spot is the one that's gotten more attention. Given number 19... 31-year-old Josh Gordon, 6'3", 225, officially a sixth-year man from Baylor. He was taken in the supplemental draft in 2012 by Cleveland, a second-round pick. His second year with the Browns, he caught 87 passes for 1,646 yards and nine touchdowns. Again, he's 31. We know he has had off-the-field issues as he's been suspended multiple times. Coach Mack, he had been in camp with Kansas City. He's been working with them for six months. So it's not like he's been out of ball all this time. It, I mean, it feels like it's worth the shot. This is no big gamble at all. I mean, you bring him in, you let him soak. You bring guys in that are veterans, you're going to let them soak on your, on your, on your roster, you know, in, in, the, in the practice squad. Again, that 16 number is coming into being here. And then just see what he can do. You know, and, and if, he, if he shows and can, and, can, and can stay up with what you're doing, at some point in the season, if you need him, you've got a veteran player. Yeah, and if nothing else, he's a veteran presence in a room that has a lot of young guys. So he's someone who can provide some insight, can provide some assistance, a fresh set of eyes, a new set of eyes. Um, and then, yeah, to Coach Mack's point, he can kind of find his spot around here. He can find where he might fit within this team. And then if you need him, you've got him, which is great. Well, to speak on that experience, he has 64 games he's appeared in and still has a 17-yard per catch average in his career. So he's done some things. He's just had some bumps in the road. Well, he's played as heavy as like 240. Yes. I mean, he's a he big is, human being. He's like a David Boston type guy. Maybe not quite as big as David Boston, but. Well, there were none as big as David Boston when he came back at one offseason, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> but 240 is, too, is, is, is a little too much for him. But look, uh, Rhett's point is this this is a veteran player, has been on and off of rosters. But what it points out, Mike, there is something about him that continues to have teams give him a chance. And so let's give him a chance. We'll do it. Yep. He's on the practice squad now. So again, to repeat, off the practice squad, wide receiver Reggie Robertson from SMU, tight end David Wells from San Diego State. On the practice squad now, Josh Gordon, wide receiver, Kevin Rader, tight end. Uh, the news that hit via reports on Thursday morning was a heartbreaker, Rhett, about the knee injury to Harold Landry that you're certainly fearful will cost him the year. Uh, big blow, no question about that. Biggest area you think Landry will be missed? Well, I, you know, he was one of the stalwarts of this Titans defense and in a Titans 2022 defense that I still believe will be quite good. This is a, this is a major blow. Now, 
we have seen second-year man Rashad Weaver take step for, steps forward, who's really worked his rear end off to get back from a season-ending injury of his own. But a guy that I think in Weaver, who is probably going to get 20, 30 snaps a game, is going to be relied on much more now. And I guess it remains to be seen if they go look for someone else in this. That's a major blow for this Titans defense. Well, yeah, I mean, he's been very dependable. You look at the number of snaps that he has played in, in the first four years. I mean, it, he barely comes off the field. And so this absolutely is. But, look, this is the nature of the National Football League. Anytime you put them out there across that white line, practice or game, there's something has a chance to happen. This is a major blow, but you've got to overcome it and continue to go because I promise you, everybody else that we play, they're not going to feel sorry for us because we've lost Harold Landry. I think with everything he did on the field, of course, he was consistent. He was explosive. He played every single snap, it felt like. But he also has a presence in the locker room that was improving as he got a little bit older within this system. Any guy on defense that you talk to, no matter what their position is, they talk about interacting with Harold Landry and he was someone that they could ask questions of and he was someone who would kind of help to guide them and man, what a guy who led by example too. He didn't just talk the talk, he could walk the walk and I think that that is going to be something that's really going to be felt in the Titans locker room. I mean, there's a lot of leaders, especially on that side of the ball, but he had a special spot. And so it's going to be sad to have a little bit of a void there as he's not going to be around the team as much as he would have. To kind of underline what Coach Mack and you have said, you're replacing, trying to place not only production, but the availability. He's had over 2,000 snaps in the last two seasons, nearly 3,600 for his career, and that's in four years. Availability was his biggest key, and then all of his other attributes and him working on his pass rusher craft was just the icing on the cake. Last year he played nearly 90% of all snaps. In his career as a starter, really the last three years, he's played over 90% of all snaps. Coach Mack, put your defensive coordinator hat on, I think Rhett's right. I think that's the biggest area they have to replace is you've, you've got to have somebody to line up. Can you count on Weaver to carry a lot of that load knowing he's a second-year player coming off a broken leg? Is that a Daney, or do you have to go get a veteran? Or, another or, or can a Nenny, the rookie from Houston who's on the practice squad, help divide that up? How do you attack losing those reps well the first your first question can one person do it no because it's really it's really unusual for a defensive end you know or an outside linebacker to play that many snaps and 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 the other thing about uh, about him he was developing his game yearly he was really coming on and so now it's going to take multiple people to do that i think the one positive uh is if there is one from this uh occurrence the defensive line and the outside backers is a pretty deep area for us, but they still got an opportunity now. now I, st I think they're still okay cap-wise to maybe go get somebody, but you got under, uh, you know this, Mike, and I think all our listeners know this too. They're, not, they're just not great outside linebackers just hanging on trees out there. You know, so you've got to decide somebody. Really, you're better off early in the season having somebody that was in camp with you that's already going through your system, and then you kind of let that let that uh, marinate itself and then see what might be out there later on. Does it put more pressure on Bud Dupree? Well, it's not more pressure on Bud Dupree, but you'd like for Bud Dupree to be a stalwart and hold up, you know. And, and to me, this was something we were all looking forward to, was Bud Dupree and Harold Landry being able to be on the field at the same time because we saw the occurrence that happened last year, especially the last month of the season, when they were both on the field at the same time taking numerous snaps. But Bud's, Bud's got to stay healthy and contribute quite a bit. Well, you asked about Rashad Weaver, and one thing I will say is that last year when he was injured, he was still getting a tremendous amount of mental work. He was still doing a lot of the things study-wise to try and make sure that he was staying up to speed. He told me he didn't want to get rusty in that regard because it was his first year, he was still a young guy, so he wanted to really stay in the playbook and stay up to date. So now it's matching the physical with the mental. So hopefully you would hope that after having a complete off season with, after having a complete training camp as well, now in the regular season, his body can catch up and maybe there's not as much lag time and he can just 
go. Coach, with the increased depth that the defensive line has, and I mean, Laurel Murchison's on the practice squad, and he had a really good camp, but they just couldn't keep everybody. So with that being the case, can you take some of those reps at outside linebacker and give them to Danico Autry? Well, you could, because that was, a, that was a big thing when we signed him from Indianapolis, was his versatility. And so there, there's going to have to be some adjustments made. And as I said, it won't just be one player. It'll be a group of players that they're going to function over there. And every opponent that we play is going to be different, Mike. And so you're looking for those matchups all the time, personal matchups when you go into ball games. And so depending on who we're playing, whoever is playing the left tackle or the right tackle at the time and you want to match up with, you've got choices to use. But that's what you're going to have to do week to week. So let me ask you about the cap situation. The Titans do free up some cap room reportedly with what they've done in rearranging Derrick Henry's contract, adding some money to this year for him. But what we know is they, they're not just awash in cap. Right. They, they can't just do whatever they want through the course of the season. So knowing that if you're on a roster next week and you're a vested veteran, your salary is guaranteed. Correct. Do you think about trying to make it through the first game with pretty much what you've got, understanding you can call guys up from the practice squad, and then maybe look for a veteran in week two? Well, that's exactly why I said what I said. You're gonna use the guys you've got right now, because that, that's a big caveat, that after the, after the first game, your veterans, you're, you're, you owe them weekly. Now you don't owe them the entirety of the contract. So, that Mike, you dropped a paper I'm there. I'm dropping all kinds of stuff. Okay, well, you can't see it on the OTP, but you he can. did drop a paper. <laughs> And Amy's getting up to Amy's try to helping. get it. Amy's Amy is getting the paper. This, this is this is this is theater of the mind, yes, but it's it really is. happening in real life. This is the worst play-by-play -play ever. You should let Mike do that. Well, he does. I think That's he does bad. that for us. Wow. Farm Bureau Health Plans is celebrating <laughs> 75 years of providing Tennesseans with high-quality health care coverage at an affordable price. Visit fbhp.com to learn about our history in Tennessee. All right, so Amy, I'm going to put you on the spot here, which you always love. Great. There's not a game. There's not a game? But there is a bit of a quiz. Oh, all right. <laughs> when Good. the cuts were made on Tuesday at 3 to get down to the initial 53, did any cut surprise you? Any cut surprise me? Well, there's the obvious one that I think sort of surprised everybody with Brett Kern. Um, Were you really surprised by that? Well, yes and no. Um, on one hand, I had seen Ryan Stonehouse kick all camp. I knew what he could do. I knew what his leg was capable of. And I knew kind of the business contractual ramifications of either direction. Brett Kern is just such a a staple in Tennessee Titans lore. I mean, Brett Kern has been around Absolutely. Clap forever. for Brett Kern. We yeah, Brett, Brett Kern deserves that. Um, and he really, truly has been someone who has been a part of every part of this organization. And I mean, for as long as I've been there, Brett Kern has always been around. Um, so just the feeling of, oh, that chapter has ended was surprising to me. That's my answer. Brett? For me, no, I, I didn't really have a surprise cut. I think it was guys that made the roster that were a little bit of a surprise, and that is Trey Avery, the cornerback who changed numbers, and also Julius Chestnut, the undrafted young man, the running back from Sacred Heart. I think Brett Kern, we, we all, you know, and, and I tell you who else knew it was coming was Brett Kern because they'd been very honest with him throughout. But let me echo what Amy says. I was on the staff with Jeff Fisher when we brought Brett Kern in here. When, when Denver had, had cut him and released him, and immediately Alan Lowry, who was a special teams coach, says, we gotta go get this guy. And that started his career here, and he's a pro's pro, one of the best. But Ryan Stonehouse's leg? Different. I mean, it's different, it really is. And you could tell early on in camp that it was different. You know, Rhett and I and Amy watched practice together a lot. Uh, and you could tell that when he was over there punting, you know, on, on field three, away from everybody. Rhett started timing his hang times just because that's what Rhett does. And he was going, Coach Mack and Amy, this is a wow that's happening over there. So I thought he was going to make it rain because he pierced a cloud or something. 
I mean, so this is, this is a big leg that I think that they can train down. You know, I mean, he's got the driver now. They just need to train him down to the wedge shots. Yep. I, I think for me, the surprise was I was not surprised. It's a jarring feeling, isn't it? It really is, because when I looked at it, I, I wasn't surprised by... I, I wasn't that surprised by Avery because we'd been given a hint and he had played well. Um, I may have been a little surprised by Theo Jackson, but Theo's on the practice squad and you get the idea that he's going to have a chance to simmer and be back. Um, he's exactly who the practice squad is made for. Uh, just to, and, and the other thing that cost him is missing a week late in training camp. That hurts those guys, Mike, those yeah. young guys, a lot. Yep. So him being back I, I, with practice squad, I think, is a good thing. But, yeah, and I've, I think you could see when Brett Kern didn't punt in the final preseason game, it's like, uh-huh. Mike, even, even not punting was not as big a deal as not holding. Right. Not holding for the field goals. Yep. So that was, so was that too tough? No, it wasn't too tough. No, that was fine. Okay. Are there, is there more? Well, I, I'll oh, ask no. Coach the next part. There's more, guys. And, and that I is, don't do the games. I the love quizzes. the games, Amy. I don't know why you don't like the games. You're so well, good you're gonna at You're going to go them. last in this. Okay. Coach Mack, for you, who's the player that came on the most in training camp that made the roster? That came on the most? Yes, sir. The guy that, to me, that developed and came on the most was Racy McMath. Now, we know that he's injured now, but he continued to improve. But also, Nicholas petit Frere. I mean, here you brought in a third-round pick, you know, at, at the right tackle, and and you had you had a vet, uh, a vet because he'd been here longer ahead of him. But all of a sudden, week week by week, you could see Nicholas Petit Frere moving up the chart, and then he got his chance and he held on to it. Now it's a big position to hold on to when we start this regular season. But to me, he made a big jump from the first time he showed up, even from the first time we vetted him before the draft, to being being named the starting right tackle. Red. All right, so he took a couple there. But there, he, did, he did an Amy. Did I don't an Amy. need you guys to cheat because that's yep. my job. That's her job. Uh, I'll give you one who made the roster and I think had a nice camp. You know, this guy put on the green dot on his helmet for the first time in Baltimore. Got a lot of snaps, especially the last preseason game. That's Chance Campbell. You know, that's a guy I think that obviously improved or he wouldn't be here right now. Bobby King, the inside linebackers coach, very complimentary of him. But I would look at him as one of those. I'm not even going to ask to clarify the rules. Uh, <laughs> so you're going to give like six? No, Here I'm not. Go. I'm only going to give go. one. But I think it might not fit the criteria because we have to define <laughs> what came up is. You can't say Derek Henry. Amy, can I ask you no. a question that has nothing to do with this? No, when you were growing up at school and you had, had these tests in class, did you always have to qualify what the test was about? No, but I knew the okay, test was coming on so I could prepare. On multiple choice, you would ma ma put down all of the answers. All, no, all of the I, just, I knew a test was coming and could prepare accordingly. This is always a blindsided situation. <laughs> but I'm going to say Kyle Phillips because he's a rookie. He came in and within a couple weeks of camp, well, we all that, kind of knew. I think that's fair because I, no, I don't, fair. I mean, fifth round picks aren't, aren't locks. No, no, absolutely not. And he's a guy that early on in camp, I thought this guy could make this team. And sure enough, he did. And I think that that was impressive. I think that he was consistent in what he was able to do in practice. He was able to take that to the field. And the coaches appeared to be very confident in him and what he could do it's pretty a good, early. That's a good one, Amy. You've, the, my big surprise is that Amy's given us one and now she's soliciting the crowd for yeah, applause. Yeah, I would like a cheer. Cheap pop. I would like a cheer. I would like, I would like a cheer. I would like a cheer. She would like a cheer. You can't request a cheer. Sure I can. It's my show. No, it needs to happen oh. organically. <laughs> wow. Well, I think Kyle Phillips is a great one. I think you had the best one of the three, even though Coach Mack had two. But I, I think you had the best one. Well, I guess and, we know who's last then. Okay. Uh, and so... No, I didn't say that. No, no, I can read between the lines. But here's the other thing, too, Coach Mack, <laughs> yeah. that, that told the story. 
The fact that he didn't play receiver that much in preseason oh, games. Yeah. No, no, it was. They didn't need to see it, coach. That was a lock. And and once he had that one monster game with returns, he wasn't back there anymore. They knew. I think pretty much early on, they kind of knew what they had from him. That the, what they had vetted in UCLA coming out of the draft. We all watched him coming out of the draft in UCLA. And when they took him, when we were doing Titans radio on draft night, we went, okay, this got a chance to be a dude here. And uh, he proved that. And you're right. They kind of shelved him a little bit because they knew what they had. Rhett, is it possible that this is John Robinson's best draft class since 2016? I think time will tell. I think it's showing early earmarks that that could be the case. But time is going to be the indicator. But, yeah, I, I would lean that way. Well, yes. but, I mean, think about it. Traylon Burks has come on like crazy. Yep. He's going to be a factor in this offense. Roger McCrary's going to play. Nicholas Petit Freer is going to start at right tackle. Malik Willis has us all excited about the future. The two fourth round picks, Asan Haskins and Chickakakwo, are probably going to be active on game day. Then you go to Kyle Phillips in the fifth round, who's going to play. Chance Campbell made the team. And Theo Jackson made the practice squad, and everybody's up on him thinking he has a real future no no that that's you put it out there let's go to chance campbell just for a minute okay I mean, he may be a core teams player mike when we start out that first game red it seems like he can run a little bit chance campbell yes yes he did in college and yeah he's he's got a little bit of wheels that uh, is underrated but again I, I think this coaching staff likes what they're seeing from this young man and I, to coach max point Special teams is where I think he can really butter his bread moving forward. You like that? Butter his bread? Yes. Well, in my head, I was going to say butter my noodles, which I think is just a variation of butter his bread, and it made me laugh that that's where my brain went. I'm okay. sorry. Well, let's ask Coach Mack the really important question. About noodles? No, Coach okay, Mack, good, today thanks. in the New York Post, they reported that Tom Brady and his wife, Dijelle Bunchen, are in a horrible fight about him returning to the NFL. Do you have any comment on this? Well, she makes more money than he does. She does. And so if it really gets down to an argument, she'll win. You know, that's <laughs> normally the way that goes. You know, that she will win. I don't think, I, mean, I don't know her, but I mean. <laughs> I don't know her. I, that's I the know, only person I, in America I know, you don't know. I know, know. Most, most people across the landscape of the National Football <laughs> League. She and I aren't real close, so I don't know if that could be true. But if it is, I could understand why. You said the New York Times? New York Post. Page, oh. <laughs> page six in the New York Post. Oh, all right. Well. Stay tuned. Page six. Hey, you've heard bye, Felicia. Bye, Tommy. See you later. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry they're fighting. So do you think that's why he was away for the 11 days? You think he was resolving a marital dispute, I'm and so he left training he camp? I had some what? going on. That's, he said I'm 45, he, I'm 45 years, old. years old. I had some real blank going on. I don't know. To which I we all said, welcome to life, Tom. Yeah, welcome. Yeah. Hello, Tommy. I don't know. I don't know about that theory. Let me just say this. Wouldn't you, you just know, stay at camp? Like, let things cool no, off. just stay over home. here. Amy. Yeah. I'll be in Nashville for a week. Bye. Amy, no. Oh. You do just what he did, and he's going to come back and play just fine. And he's going to come that's back the, and that's play. That's the end of the story. He was ranked number one on the NFL's top 100. At 45 years old, he was voted the number one player in the NFL. Let me ask you wow. this. How good do you think Tampa Bay is if he doesn't play? If he doesn't play? If he doesn't play. They win five games. That's why he's number one. Yes. Exactly. Because their, their team, I think they have a nice club, but I don't think they score enough points to get over the hump against some of the teams that they have to play on a regular basis. 100% right. He is the tipping point. Speaking of quarterbacks, Amy. Oh, yeah? I'm going to seg to our quarterback, Ryan Tannehill. Great segue. Have you been? Great segue. Have you been as taken as people have been who've come in from the outside and have seen him? Well, I have noticed what others have noticed, if that is a good way to put it. But I'm not surprised by it because I'm a big Ryan Tannehill fan. I have been very impressed with his consistency over the years. I've been impressed with the numbers that he's put up. 
Um, I think sometimes he gets piled up on when he doesn't necessarily deserve it. And so to see him coming and having a training camp that looks like a Ryan Tannehill training camp where he's so sharp and he's so confident, he knows this offense, he knows the coaches, he knows the guys that he's working with. He's very comfortable in this system. And so I have noticed that he's got a little extra confidence and swag maybe, but I'm not surprised by it because I think Ryan Tannehill is a really good quarterback and I wish more people would talk about that just during the season. All he got to do is look at what he's done since he took over in the third quarter at Denver, 30 and 13 to the playoffs. It's hard to do in this league. And let me just say this about the outside noise that you talk about, right. which is obviously there. Those people don't know whether the football's pumped or stuffed. So you, you can't really worry about that at all. Don't worry about that at all. He did. He came back, though, and he came back and recalibrated because that last playoff game was a scar for all of us, and especially him. But he came back and recalibrated. And so he had a tremendous training camp. And you can look at Malik Willis's development and, and contribute some of that to Ryan Tannehill and what he did for him as soon as he showed up together. I think, Coach, you say recalibrated, and I think that's a good way to put it. Rhett, I think just to take it in a little different direction, it, it felt like he was more locked in from moment one, whereas most 34-year-old quarterbacks aren't at the start of training camp because they know it's a long season, I got plenty of time. It was as if he had something to prove the moment he arrived on July 22nd. No, that's 100% right. Dialed in is how I would, or locked in is, is how I would describe him. And, and look, he's, he's, I've seen him in jovial moments and you know, conversing with his teammates and you know, enjoying that camaraderie. But when it's time to line up, he goes after it. And yeah, he's dialed in. I, listen, I'm excited about that part of it. And I'm more excited that he has Derrick Henry ready to roll in the backfield, Austin Hooper at tight end, Chico Conquo at tight end, Robert Woods, Traylon Burks. He's got some weapons here. Would you like to? Ditto. Ditto. <laughs> yeah. You're just going ditto there. I um, thought no. you were going to want to talk. I'm sorry. Oh, no, but that's okay. I can talk. He does have a lot of weapons there. He's got a lot of guys on that offensive side of the ball that he's going to be able to do a lot of things with. And if there's one thing we know about Ryan Tannehill is that he likes to utilize every tool in his toolkit. So to be able to give him more people to work with, more options, I guess, um, I think that's great. I think it's going to be fun to watch him play. He's done nothing this training camp but provide uh, legitimate veteran leadership. Legitimate veteran leadership on the field and also off the field. I mean, you can just see it. There's a, and there's, there's also a sense of confidence about him that you can, you can tell. But as I said, he needed to reset, and he reset. So, Mac, when you say that, is, does that provide a somewhat of a stabilizing force as to why camp really didn't have any terrible, terrible day? Like, we've described camp as kind of boring because it's been business as usual. Does that kind of help stabilize that when you're your guy, the field general's doing that? Well, I mean, you got to have your vest. Kevin Byard does it. Kevin sure. Kevin Byard does it too, you know. And and that's that's a that's a big thing. You got to have somebody that is that is really the the lever that you pull on both sides of the ball to be able to do that. And it, you know, as from a coaching aspect of it, it wasn't boring at all because things were moving along very efficiently. They had very few wasted segments of practice this year, you know, for either not being able to uh, manipulate and be able to do what they wanted to do, or they didn't have many starts and restarts. Because sometimes in training camp, you guys have been to a lot of them too, as to where it's not going so well, and the coach just says, we got to start this over. You didn't have many restarts this year. Let's talk about what's to come this, okay. this weekend. Everybody associated with the team gets a little time off, a little break. Last sort of go around you get until the bye. The bye does come reasonably early for the Titans, but still important to catch your breath after camp, get your legs back. On Monday, the team is back together for a practice. That's mostly about you or do you start working on the opponent with that Labor Day practice? They've already been working on the opponent. Okay. They've had, they've had opponent work. You know, really probably 
uh, midway through getting, uh, getting ready for the few number of players they played in that last preseason game against the Cardinals. They've already had this group broken down, and you've brought this up quite a few times, Mike, and it's a relevant point. The people we open with, they've got a brand-new head coach that's going to call the offense. They've got a brand-new defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale, that came from Baltimore. So you've got NFL film on them, but you don't quite know what they're going to do with their personnel. And so you're going to have to dig deep. Uh, Amy Wells and I have already started looking at their preseason games, and then start looking at Buffalo film and start looking at Baltimore film. And that's what the coaches have been doing for quite a while now, and especially the people they have breaking it down. So it's a very interesting week to get ready. Do they even go back and look at University of Alabama tape based on his time in Tuscaloosa, Brian Dayball's time in Tuscaloosa? I think they've got enough NFL film okay. you know, you know, to look at. Uh, uh, and that's if I were doing it, that's what I would do. I wouldn't, I wouldn't pay much attention to the Alabama stuff other than this, Mike. And when you start looking at it, and we're going we're gonna to have to get ready for this quarterback, Daniel Jones, on some called runs because he called runs for, for Jace Allen. He called runs, not just off-schedule runs. We're going to have to get ready for some of that, which makes you play a plus one on defense. They're gonna what have to what get does that mean? Well, that means you're going to have to drop a safety down because if the quarterback is a runner, just like if the quarterback you know, is under center, he's an eligible receiver. If he wants to come out of the back end, you've got to have somebody added to him. Your numbers add up if your quarterback's not a planned runner. If your quarterback's a planned runner, you've got a plus one, some defender down there. All right, so on Monday night, even though it's Labor Day, we will have the Mike Vrabel Show presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans, 6 to 7 Central on Titans Radio. You can tweet us your questions for the head coach at Titans Radio, but that show does go on. Then Tuesday, the players are off. Tuesday's the normal player day off, but Coach Mack is not off because Mack Talk returns on our flagship 104.5 The Zone with Rhett Bryant, Rhett Bryant, 6 o'clock, the most popular call-in show in America. <laughs> America. As, as voted by America Call-In Americans. Magazine <laughs> as, of the Americans. As voted by the most Americans. Most yes. Americans voted for that. Because everyone wants to talk to Coach, Coach Mack, Mack, and I don't blame them. 6 o'clock on Tuesday nights. You love the Mack Talk. Oh, I love that show because I love talking to the fans, and we open it up completely. A lot of people that have talk shows don't. You know, we like, oh, Rhett and I love opening it up. I mean, Rhett does, Rhett does enough preparation that we could do a two-hour show, you know, without any calls. But he and I both, we love for, for callers to call in because we'll answer anything. I mean, well, I'll answer any question, you know, whether things are going good or whether things are going not so good. I just like talking to the fans. I coached for 31 years in this league. You don't get to interact with fans when you're coaching because you've got a lot of stuff going on. But, Coach Mack, you're interacting with the fans in Memphis No, tonight. that's why I say now I get to do this. Now that I'm with Titans Radio, I can interact all I want, so let's go. So what did I just do, Rhett? Cheap pop. Cheap pop is what Cheap you call pop. it. Because I shouted out Let's to Memphis. Let's hear it, Memphis. Yeah, Memphis. <laughs> of course. Thank you. Thank you. You guys are great. This, this, good, is, this is a this good is crowd. Fantastic. They're seasoned veterans. They are seasoned veterans. I like veterans. this they crowd. They know what we're looking for. They read the handout when they came in. Thank you so much. All right. So How then, about the 901? I know this is not a visual yeah. medium, but we, got, but we got 901 Memphis uh, Titans jersey over there. That's solid. That's right solid. There. That's solid. That's next level move right yeah, there. That is next level. Yeah. All right, so then let's talk about Wednesday. They get back to practice. Do they present the game plan on Wednesday, September 7th, like they normally do on a Wednesday? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Now, I will say this, give you a little behind-the-curtain look. Quarterbacks always get their game plan earlier, and then Kevin Byard may get a peek at it, at it, at it too also. You know, a little bit earlier. But the coaches don't have it formulated yet. You don't have the entire game plan ready on Wednesday. You got first and second down ready on Wednesday. That's what you have ready on Wednesday. Then you go to third down and red zone on Thursday. Then you go to move the field on Friday. So you don't have the entire game plan. Every night after practice, the coaches go in and get the next days ready. Some would wonder, why don't you hand the game plan out tomorrow based on the fact that you know who you're playing. You don't have another game. Why would you not spend eight days on it? Explain why you would not do that. Well, you know, look, first of all, coaches have much more information than the players would ever need. 
the thing that you want to do, and when you, when you present the game plan finally, you want to have worked through things and give them relevant things to look at. You don't want to say, you know, watch a pass, watch a run, watch it up the middle, watch it on the outside, watch it on the inside, watch it over the top. You don't do that. You the want coaches to get, or the filter? You got to filter it oh, all out. That's a good out. way to put it. Yeah, you got to filter it. The coaches have to filter it, and you have to direct them where they want to look and what they want to look at. And you need to do that piece by piece. And also, Mike, there comes a time when you're looking at it, you may practice some things that don't look so good. So you got times to rework that thing during the week. Amy, I think it's a, a really good point that he makes because you can overdo the prep. You can overload. You can have guys not reacting as much because they're thinking too much. It's still football. Absolutely. The last thing you want to do is have everybody on the field thinking too much. You want them playing, and you want them playing fast. Mac, what is it you say a slow no, 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 right no, call it, it, is wrong? I coached defense for a lot of years in this league, and the first thing I would always tell my players when game plans came out is – a slow, correct decision on defense. Everybody with me? A slow, correct decision on defense is wrong because you're behind the play already. So you've got to get it as to where they know what they're looking at. On defense, guys, it's always eyes before feet. Next time you do a football clinic, you can tell them that. It's always eyes before feet. Know what you're looking at and then go. Walk into work and say that tomorrow here in Memphis. Yeah, y'all yeah, just walk to work. Eyes before feet. Look. Look, I, I need a raise because I'm, I'm working eyes before feet. People, they'll give you a raise. <laughs> You'll get a what? A what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Eyes before feet except after C. Except after C. What you said. <laughs> what you said. Okay, Thursday's a practice day. Then you get to Friday. They wrap it all up. The great thing we want to make sure you know is Titans All Access is back for season 20. Yes. On wow, Friday. Yes. Very good. And the best part is Amy Wells is back. I am back. There we you go. are. You're back. I and I back. think we've got a good show. I think we've got a great show. I'm really excited about it. There's a lot of stuff in there. One of my favorite things that we're doing is, what is it, the game ticket? The game ticket. We tell you everything you need to know about the upcoming game. Everything. It's all in there. What the giveaways right there, are, who's singing the anthem. Yeah. It's the most useful piece of information. And I think it's great. So tune in to Titans All Access. Not the Kevin Byard one-on-one? No, that was fine. <laughs> but this is new and very condensed and informative. And I love that. It's one-stop shopping. One-stop shopping. I think she would, if she'd have done the Kevin Byard interview, I think she would have said that first. No. No, no doubt. That's it possible. It was a great interview. I mean, no, you, you did there. a remarkable job. You were in your office. You're a really good interviewer, yeah, though, Mike. Whatever. You're so good <laughs> at it. Really good. Hey, um... This has been just tremendous. Ashley Farrell, thanks for coming down and doing the OTP here with yes. us. And uh, whereas Mackenzie Scott is so Mackenzie, great, great job. job. Good setup great back job. there, Mackenzie. Josh Corey, great job. Josh uh, Corey. All of our teammates down here from the Titans. Uh, special thanks to the Grizzlies for partnering with us. Yes. Uh, again, to Cumulus Memphis and News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Our radio station down here, um, really just a, a tremendous reception. Proud to be a part of this. We are fans of Memphis and West Tennessee, and we are so appreciative at how you support the Tennessee Titans the way you do. You are incredibly passionate. You make us go, and this year our goal is to be going in Glendale, Arizona in Super Bowl 57. Tighten up. What a Valentine's present that would be. That would be tremendous. <laughs> and that was a cheap pop. Anytime you mention the Super Bowl, people are going to clap too. <laughs> yep. Oh, absolutely. So thank you, Coach Dave McGinnis, Rhett Bryan, Amy Wells, and our exciting staff. I'm Mike Keith. Thank you for joining us for 901 Day in Memphis and this special edition of the OTP. Tighten up, everybody. Bye -bye.